Welcome to the Silk Road Mountain Race podcast, a 12-part series covering an epic new bikepacking race through the remote mountains of Kyrgyzstan. I'm Lucy Cahoon, and in the course of the series, you'll be hearing all about the race and the riders, as well as learning a bit about this spectacular part of Central Asia. I hope you enjoy the show. Good lucky with you. Episode 7, Where the Wild Things Are. In this episode, we will, as usual, get the lowdown from the field on the latest dramas. We'll have a very quick rider profile on the front runners. But first, I'm joined by two very special guests. In my quest to find internet in the Valley of Chongkamin yesterday, I was led to a local lady's house whose daughter is a very keen Rihanna fan and decided that she wanted to be recorded so it's over to them but first of all i'm joined by two very special guests um from the village in the valley of chonkamin who are going to do a little performance for us so a quick introduction first what's your name hello my name is my name is ben Matt. and my second guest my name is eleonora Okay, so we've got Eleonora and Ben Men, and they're going to perform a little, it's not a traditional Kyrgyz song, it is a Rihanna song. Okay, it's over to you. Beautiful like diamond in the sky, I knew I so I lie. Say beautiful like diamond in the sky. Shine bright at the diamond, shine bright at the diamond, shine bright at the diamond, beautiful like diamond in the sky. I knew I, so I lied, so beautiful like diamond in the sky. Quick overview of what's happening in the race. Uh, Weather-wise, there has been yet another snowstorm over the Tossor Pass. And Jay, who seems to be a a lightning conductor for bad weather, uh, was once again caught in that. The photos look pretty grim, so um, very grey leaden skies and a lot of hail and snow. But it doesn't seem to have slowed him down at all, because at the moment he is 255k from the finish, hotly pursued by Levente, who's only 60k behind, and then Pierre, Kim and Tom Searby. So yeah, the front five should be arriving in the next day or two. A quick rider profile. We've already heard from Jay in detail, but I wanted to do some digging around a few of the other riders um, with greater or lesser degrees of success. I have been able to find out that Pierre Arnaud is um, founder of Chiru Bikes and he chooses a race and then builds his own bike appropriately. Obviously seems to have done something very right uh, that he's currently in third place. Tom Searby lives in the Alps. He has previously done the TCR. He is a qualified architect, a ski instructor, and a runner. So all-round fitness fanatic. 
Kim Rijmakers is from Belgium. He has done a lot of long races, including the Indian Pacific Wheel Race. And he's also signed up for a new race in 2020 called World by Bike Challenge. This is the antidote to the Mark Beaumont supported round the world record. And at the moment, it's a small group of hardy individuals who have, have planned ahead to try an unsupported version. They're free to choose Mark Beaumont's route or a route of their own making. Also on the start line list for that race in 2020 is Bjorn Lenhart. So although unfortunately he wasn't able to start the Silk Road race, with any luck, that's something that he can look forward to in a couple of years' time. Levente Bagoli has become an overnight uh, social media sensation by all accounts. Uh, there are some great photographs from him looking a bit like a young Lawrence of Arabia sporting a very dashing moustache. Apparently, he now has a surge in Instagram and Facebook followers. I've done a little bit of digging into what makes him such a strong rider and found out he's got, despite being very young, got a very healthy pedigree of endurance rides behind him. So as well as coming 19th in last year's TCR, he also in 2013 took on an 8,000 kilometer challenge from Bucharest to Barcelona stopping en route at some of Europe's great capitals, apparently seeing art. He is a trained architect. Uh, the following year, in 2014, to be honest, he took it quite easy. He only did four and a half thousand kilometers. So an easy year for him then. When he went through Turkey uh, to Iran, got a ship to Odessa, and then cycled home. In 2015, he went to the North Cape in Norway, uh, 5,000 kilometers, but that wasn't hard enough, so he did it on a fixed gear bike. Although he's looking very dashing at the moment, I have seen photographs of a burnt sock. So he's he apparently put one sock on the fire to dry, uh, got distracted, and he's now half a sock down. So an interesting um, fashion statement, but certainly not holding him back in the speed stakes. So now over to our usual slot to hear from the riders themselves in varying degrees of uh, unravelling. Um, Nelson and Jeff have been fantastic at catching them in the midst of all the action. So I'm here with race number... 24. And your name is? That's Olaf van der Vies. Olaf van der Vies. Nice. And uh, where did you sleep last night? Um, somewhere along the, the highway to China. Okay. Uh, in a ditch, basically. Um, seemed like the most tactical thing to do, just because of the fact that uh, it wasn't that much high up. So it was before the real highlands. Um, downside was I couldn't find any water there, and then the highlands are pretty dry as well, so that was kind of tricky, but well, in the end, did work out. But Pretty tired today. It's, uh, it's heavy. It's, it's a lot of fun as well, though, at times. Sometimes you hate it, and then again, when things start rolling and you love it, and... It's a good balance, I guess. I like it. Did you also have trouble last night finding water? Uh, yeah, last night definitely. I didn't have any, so I, I rationed my water. And well, actually, I, I just about ran out. Got four liters, and then then I found water again. So that was good. Timing was perfect. Should have taken much longer, but it was good. And what's uh, the plan for today? Where are you headed? Um, I'm not too sure yet, but I'm thinking about um, um, biking up to the lake and then just try to see how far I can make to Nareen. Probably won't make that because it's kind of late already, but it's all downhill, I believe, so should get far. Maybe just arrive there around midnight, get the hotel there and 
And then take it easy in the morning. And, uh, is there any part of your body right now that's aching or like how do you feel in terms of like physically? Well, my right hand pinky doesn't work anymore, but um, that's about it. The rest is still okay. It's it's a bit tricky though, setting up a tent, etc. Because you can only really use one hand properly and the other one is a bit, it's a bit fiddling around. It still works, but it's tricky. So it's a bit of like ulnar palsy? Just the nerve is like been kind of like yeah, yeah. I should have switched um, um, the stances with my hands a bit more often. I didn't do it. Was lazy, and uh, well, now I uh, got to live with that for now at least. It'll come back. Have you learned the the funny stretches for this kind of stuff? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it doesn't solve it anymore. It's too late now. Now the only thing that will solve it is time. Yeah. And I don't have it at the moment, so. Yeah. But it'll come back after, so I don't worry about it. This is not the first time this has happened. Well. I usually don't ride for um, five or six days straight. Usually it's, it's only max of two. So I, I never really get to the moment where it really stops working. I only feel it going numb, but it still works and now it's just out. So that's a new, but I don't worry about it. So how's your impression of your first uh, endurance race? Then? Uh, it's tough. It's it's a lot of fun though. It's it's a lot of fun, but it's uh, it's really tough. I also should have gone with a different bike, but oh well, gotta ride it out now, right? Yeah. I mean, you made it halfway, and you're, you're oh yeah, you're making decent time. So yeah, yeah, it's it's not too bad, I think. So, and I'm still enjoying myself. That's yeah. the most important thing about it, I guess. And also, I think everything is pretty well organized. So I love that as well. There's no no hiccups. You can find everything. The route is good, and it all works. So that's perfect. What's been your uh, favorite part so far of the race? Oh, th- that's a hard one because every day's got its ups and downs, I guess. Well, I guess my least favorite would be the the first day, uh, the big climb. I didn't really like that one. Uh, also because my gearing is just not up for it. It's it's a bit too high. I've got a forty on the front, so it doesn't doesn't make it too easy. Um, and the other days, yeah, every day's got a got an up and a down. I, I I liked um, I liked the the, the high plays here uh, at times when the roads were good and at times you had just had to ride the riverbed and then it sucked but all in all it was a really good day today so far it's not over yet yeah it's still half the day to ride yeah. there, uh, how's, how do you how do you find the food or have you been able to kind of like get along with it has it made you miss anything from home yeah would you like kill for like you know an ice cream bar right now or something? Well, I'm from Holland, yeah. and we've got some pretty typical snacks, and yeah, I guess I kind of do miss those. Bitter pollen? Um, well, it's a, it's a good one if you know that one, but uh, yeah. uh, just the war fries that would be good. So, okay. the, do you know those? Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I love those. So when I get back home, that's that's probably the first thing that I'm gonna buy, for sure. Yeah. So if somebody was to like have them at a, at a stall in Naren, you'd be like ecstatic. Uh, I'd, I'd give all my money for it. <laughs> Everything, every dollar, every sum I have. No worries, straight. But th- then again, this is nice as well, definitely. It's better than the stuff I packed. I, uh, I'm living on um, oatmeal bars. It's not a good idea. So you're not doing the, sto- the stove? Nope. Okay. No, I figured it, w- it would be too much to pack and too much of a hassle. Um, 
Have you has your mind changed about it now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I've made every rookie mistake that that you can make, and not packing a stove for the, for this many days is one of them, definitely. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm learning a lot here. It's a shame that I can't incorporate it right away, but we'll see. Well, you might be able to pick up a stove in Nuren. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, is there uh, anything that you'd like to say, a message for somebody back home? Uh, well, I don't think... Uh, perhaps they'll listen, that would be good. Now, I live still, hoor, Klootzakken. Okay. Well, hopefully they're listening to that and uh, we'll send the message out. Yeah, perfect. I uh, I hope so too. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, thanks, man. That was fun. Okay. Yeah, just a, a hug. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, just trying to get to that road. You know, break it down into small little sections. There's a load of villages after there. Oh, I'm just fucking tired, man. I'm sick. Yeah, maybe. Well, I was contemplating pushing through to CP1. Yeah. It's like another 50k. And my legs, I don't know if they have it, and I can't sleep at elevation again. I slept last night at the top of that climb, which was like 3-2. And I need to air my my junk up. <laughs> I need to take good care of that, otherwise it's just going to destroy me later on. No. Oh man. Oops. You said it was tough, but shit, it's tough. It's making a lot more sense than up kickers here. Oh yeah. It's a bit delusional then, wasn't it? Yeah, but I was having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> On top of kickers, I was having the time of my life. Now it's just sort of. Oh, it's cool. <clears throat> Are you going back to that town? No, we're going back up to CP. CP what? Can you go that way? We can. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit longer. You're not going to roll it this time. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm here with Pete. Hello. Race number 27. Yes. And when did you arrive yesterday? Mm. Red CP2. About nine, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. I kind of, it was an insane head tailwind last night. And... It kind of forced you to sprint for about 200 kilometers. So, how so, far did you cover in 200k? I did, well yesterday I did I think 225, 226, something like that. Nice. Um, but the last bit's all like that corrugated road stuff and you just have to ride really, really fast to stop it from calling you to a stop. So it pretty much killed me and I was pretty dead by the time I got here. But yeah, decent sleep and plenty of food. Little hike up to the lake this morning. Feel alright now. Hike and bike. Yeah, hike and bike, my favourite. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's going well. You feel well rested? Yeah, I felt terrible like a few hours ago, but I feel pretty good now. What's been the most uh, scenic bit for you just so far? Oh, I don't know. I really enjoyed, I keep calling it the southern loop, but the, the little bit that you kind of do as a, a loop on and then rejoin the road. I did that, and that was like, I woke up at the top of that pass, and it was my birthday, and like had a really nice time. So when I saw you, you were going yeah. by, and I was like, oh damn, I wish I would have known it was Pete's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it was just a really beautiful part of the route, and the trails were really nice, and the hills were like big, but they were all climbable, and yeah, I just enjoyed that bit. 
Yeah, we um, really like the, the canyon at the bottom mm. where good shots of riders coming in. Yeah, 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 definitely. I kind of don't like the roads quite so much. You end up being in one one position yeah. all the time, but you know, it gets you where you need to go. <laughs> but the beauty, I mean, this place is absolutely insane. It's so beautiful. And it's important, I think, to stop and look around once in a while. I'm tr- trying to get the balance right of getting things done and actually enjoying it. What's the hardest bit then? Oh, I don't know. They're all, they're all the hardest bit of the time, aren't they? <laughs> and then you look back on them and you go, ah, oh, that wasn't that bad. Mm. Type 2 fun. Mm. Type 2 fun. Yeah, like that corrugated road l- last night, sprinting along that just killed my body. I felt really worn out, but that wasn't too bad. I climbed over the first pass. What's that one? The 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 big one that we do on the first day. Kogeti. I climbed over Kogeti at like two in the morning. So that was a bit of a epic. But hmm? yeah, the combination of weather and circumstance kind of like threw people off that first day. So I think everybody was kind of a little bit shell shocked. Yeah, I stopped because of the weather, and then ended up waking up at midnight and deciding that I'd climb over the pass. It was quite a good tactic, though. Past loads of people sleeping on the other on the other side. And the weather wasn't bad, so. No, the weather was good then, but um. Yeah, for a few days, I think I've been like in between two groups. So I've ridden by myself a lot, um, which is nice sometimes. And other times you're like hoping that there's someone else around somewhere. But now it seems like I've caught up with a whole bunch of people. So Yeah, last night there was somewhere around 11 riders staying at this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of late, yeah, I think a lot of people got here a bit earlier and then left really early. Like one guy woke up at like two and left. Can you describe a couple of the kind of the scenery that you've gone through the terrain? It's been all sorts of different stuff, isn't it? Like you've got like kind of what it started like pine forest and sort of like almost alpine. And then you've got like some high altitude desert sort of areas. Um, That bit after Batoff is more like kind of how I imagine sort of, I don't know, like Utah kind of like dusty, dry um kind of stuff um and then there's this like the kind of the green pastures and big open wide spaces that you expect in in central asia but i think there's just been all sorts hasn't there i mean everything <laughs> no jungle yet i'm waiting for the jungle <laughs> but but no no it's been good you, this is your second time in kyrgyzstan so the first time you came here was on a world cycle tour on- mm. During that trip, did you manage to get any off-road time? No, so that was a big part of my, like, appeal for doing this race was when I came around first time, we'd been on the road already for, like, a year and a half and we had injuries and visa problems and, like, Kyrgyzstan was just a big... It was just one of those countries where it just didn't come together and we just had to go to Bishkek and wait around for ages for visas and we stuck to the main road, really, from Osh to Bishkek. And so I knew, like, talking to other people that there was all this stuff out there, but we just couldn't do it at the time. So I always told myself that I'd come back at some stage and do some mountain biking, and well, here I am. I mean, it's, and it's the perfect way to do it. This is, about, this is about two months of a normal cycle trip condensed into two weeks. So it's time efficient as well. Yeah. 
Exactly. If you got to get back to the real normal life, it's uh, yeah. condensed Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the name of the race. Yep. Condensed, <laughs> condensed and sweetened. <laughs> Unsweetened Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. yeah. Many people I've been talking to are like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be very different if you did it again. Right, like having done the Highland Trail twice, like it totally changes your attitude to how hard you can push it and how light you can go and all this sort of stuff. If you if you come back again, but it's a long way to come, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it'll be an achievement if I get it done. Definitely. Is there anything uh, back from home that you wish you could have here right now? <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean. The thing that's bugged me is like not just like when we like me and Alice were traveling before, like we would stop and like hang out and just like meet loads of people and do all this sort of stuff. Whereas like in the context of this, although I'm not really racing, I also I want to get things done. So I'm trying to like push through places, but then you you know people say hello and you kind of just got to wave and carry on. And so I guess yeah, like I mean. I miss that sort of touring style um, to some extent, but then, you know, like I'm enjoying the racing too. So it's just like, it's just appreciating it for being something else, I guess. Yeah, it's like the social aspect of it. Yeah, which, I, so I guess in terms of that, something would be Alice, <laughs> like my wife. <laughs> like, like that would be the nice thing to have here and like just to kind of tour and just to enjoy it. I could spend at least a day here, but, you know, spending a couple of hours and then go somewhere else but just to catch up well yeah I mean just to keep I don't even have a schedule like I don't like I sort of barely know what's coming next but I know that I'm pretty well prepared (laughs) you just know coming soon yeah Shamshi's at some point everyone keeps talking about that Mm. no I just it's nice to keep the rhythm I think in something like this if I did stop for a day which I could I mean I'd probably still get it done in two weeks but you just lose your rhythm. And I think one of the nicest things about doing these kind of events, not that it's like a race race, but it's a, it forces you to keep a rhythm and that puts you in a different mind space. Makes you kind of flow through the landscape a little bit more. And, you know, much as that's quite difficult sometimes, it's also the best bit. You know, it's that feeling of just, just yeah, flow. It's crazy. So I'm with Carl Booth and Jacob Maltman, second pair currently. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we listened to Carl because he's had some adventures recently. Uh, have I? <laughs> <laughs> I? I may have lost my passport. Um, yeah, I spent a long, long time looking for it. Searched for my bag several times. Had it on the floor lots and lots of times. Giacomo is not entirely faultless in this. He's checked as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, rang up HQ. Spoke to uh, Lucy. And she was very helpful. She searched my bags back there. Um, so both bags and also searched the room that I was in. Um, but she couldn't find it. She was apologetic, but she uh, commented on me uh, underpants being very nice. So I did ask her if they were my clean ones, but she didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this morning, um, looking through my bag uh, for one last time, same side, dug it all out. And there in the bottom was my passport, nice and soggy and wet. So I think it must have just felt like the fabric or something, or just must have just wanted to be part of the bag. So 
so we're game on again now. So uh, we're going to get pedalling and you know, hopefully have no more problems because I've already had uh, a dinted rim as well. <laughs> yeah, so we've had a few uh, exciting moments. How is the dinted rim? Any any progress on that or is it still exactly the same as when we saw you on Kigeti? Uh, it's still the same. I think the manufacturers look at it and actually use it as a, a modern manufacturing method, actually. It seems to be holding up really well. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Everything seems to be rolling quite well. Uh, Giacomo is pulling away on the hills, as always. Well, it's nice of him. He waits at the top for me. So, um, I've been told to go a bit more steady on the downhills now. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah. All good? Ready for my lunch now. What's the plan for the next uh, next section? Uh, we're going to try and get to just before the main Chinese road, is it? The road into China. Um, camp, be- the, yeah, camp there for tonight and then time trial the road sections round. So, again, early morning start and, yeah, motor on. So Grant, you just said you were you were broken. <laughs> can you can you elaborate? I'm trying to find more words better than broken, <laughs> and um, I made them underline brutal many times in the book there. Oh, you yeah, yeah, I gave a comment, um, but no, yeah, I'm broken. <laughs> I, 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 I was getting interviewed this morning. I couldn't think of words, and I think the word was sun, sunset. Yeah, I couldn't remember remember it. I can't talk now. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's it's a spectacular event. Well done. Um, yeah. Um, I've never, yeah, it is one of the most brutal things I've ever done. But uh, I'm having this debate about scratching at the moment. Yeah. So. I know. Food, sleep. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. You're I mean, still on course. Throw in an ice cream, maybe we'll talk. Yeah, that'll do, actually. Ah. My other stories of the race have been coming via Rotterdam, which sounds very strange, but our blogger, Leanne, is based there and she has been in contact with some of the photographers via WhatsApp. So she was able to update me this morning on just some more of the stories that have been going on. So my wake-up message today consisted of the following. I'll just read you verbatim from the Facebook message. One guy, John Russell, lost his tent on the way to Checkpoint 2, but it was found. Jenny Tuff slept in a storm drain before arriving at checkpoint two. Carl and Giacomo have split as a pair. Brendan had Achilles problems. The Chinese road skirting the border had no water. Peter McSharry and her partner have had to scratch. And Lee Pierce had a collision, but is okay. So that was just one morning's update, which again gives you a flavour of how many things are happening. We've still got 50 riders in the field, uh, as well as those who have continued to to ride, albeit not officially in the race. So, yep, all sorts of dramas unfolding by the minute. The story about Lee Pierce is, again, one of these just amazing examples of how friendly and supportive other riders have been to each other. So Lee, by all accounts, had a collision which then totally bent his wheel. And just when he was wondering how on earth he could remedy that, along came Ricky Cotter once again. This lady must be 
a saint in cyclist's clothes because apparently she immediately offered her bike so that Lee could continue his race because Ricky is not officially in the race. So from what I've been able to gather, Lee was very, very moved by that gesture, uh, went off to do some investigations himself about fixing the bike, came back and on reflection decided that Ricky really ought to carry on and have more adventures of her own. So as far as I understand, Lee is trying to fix his wheel himself and both of them will carry on. But again, just a fantastic gesture from Ricky. And yeah, I think that woman definitely deserves some sort of a an Oscar or a knighthood for, for everything that she's doing to help other riders in the field. It's absolutely wonderful. Not to be outdone by the people doing their amazing endurance feats in the field, I have decided to put on my own little endurance event whereby I challenged two local boys at 10 and 11 years old to a run to the village yesterday. Uh, there was a little bit of misunderstanding when I tried to explain that I meant 30 minutes. Uh, they set off with my stopwatch and came grinding to a halt at 30 seconds. So I then had to explain that was really only the beginning. Um, but we made it. We went into the local village, uh, refueled with Coca-Cola and biscuits, and then limped our way back. I think the boys had been slightly enthusiastic in their starting speed. Um, but to be fair, they were only wearing flip-flops. So yeah, fair play to them. And they definitely won. I've also been finally getting some heavy petting. I have had an opportunity to stroke goats, horses, cows sheep and dogs so it's a oh and a donkey um so yeah pretty high patting count so far and yeah that's only day one so pretty confident I'm, i'll find some more animals to make friends with i'm now going to wait for jay and the riders to come to the village so it should be in the next 24 hours and meanwhile i think i will go on a beer quest so I'll speak to you again in 48 hours for episode 8, when with any luck we'll have some direct tales from the leaders about just how exciting their, their seven days have been. Until then, keep watching the dots, and I will see you in 48 hours. Bye.